Join us today for an action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, where we talk way too early catcher rankings. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Locked On Fantasy Baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast brought to you by Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one host for fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Matthew Ane. You can find me at Matthew underscore Ane on Twitter, and you can, this is my co-host, Dom Martino. You can find him at Dom Martino FB on X as well. Uh, You can find us on all social media platforms, podcasting apps, and please, if you can, please leave a five-star rating or review on Apple or Spotify. And if you're watching on YouTube, please click the bell below so you can get an alert every time we drop a new episode. And if you want a little bit more out of this podcast and what we can provide in this 30-minute podcast, check us out on Subtext and join the Diamond Club so you can get all the special off-season perks. There we go. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get a $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started today. And all right, guys, we got a great episode for you, all right? We're talking, what do you call it? Catchers and way too early stuff about it. But we're also going to review the position as well and talk about the highlights of this position, the dips of this position, and honestly, there's a lot more dips than we can even talk about here. But anyway, I just want to point out one fun fact before I hand this over to Dom. There wasn't a single catcher in 2023 that finished in the top 100, which I believe is the first time in a long time. And there was quite a few catchers that were drafted in the top 100. So can we just say the position as a whole is a bust? But Dom, talk about your first name. Yeah, 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 Matt. So I think you, you know, first of all, great, great way to start the episode there, Matt, bringing the energy tonight. You know, we're we're moving away from the team episodes and we're getting into some ranking stuff, which is always the fun point. Guys, believe it or not, only about three months before back in the th- draft season, maybe three and a half months here before back in the draft season. And we're getting you guys early now. But when it comes to the catcher position, Matt, yeah, you're right. If you waited on catcher, it most likely paid off this year. Let's just run through the top 10 at the position. Uh, when Matt and I are talking about our rankings and we're talking about the way these guys finished, where our, everything is geared towards head-to-head categories leagues, uh, typical 5 by 5 or standard 5 by 5 categories, right? So William Contreras finished the year's number one catcher. Adley Rutschman at 2. Will Smith at 3. Jonah Heim at 4. Cal Raleigh at five, JT Romuto at six, Salvador Perez at seven, Wilson Contreras at eight, Sean Murphy at nine, and Yanner Diaz at 10. So I think the way we were going to pop this off is, is just talk about somebody at the position that stands out, whether it's good or bad. And I'm going to grab William Contreras here. William Contreras is somebody that I was super high on. Uh, you know, he was going later at the catcher position coming into this year. And if you bought in, he paid off. 
Uh, I, I just think, you know, he was a, a strong candidate, and I just loved him going over to the Brewers, getting all that playing time, getting away from uh, Travis Darno and the Braves. On the year, William Contreras, 86 runs, 17 homers, 78 RBIs, six stolen bases, 289 batting average. And that was over 540 at-bats once again. I love what the kid did going into next season. I have William Contreras as my number three starting catcher. Uh, and, guys, if you do want access to our top 15 at each position, early rankings for 2024, make sure you subscribe to us on Subtext. We're going to be dropping those sooner than later. But, Matt, uh, thoughts on William Contreras and um, your thoughts on the top 10 for this season as a whole? Well, for starters, he was probably the best sleeper of all drafts. Um, so if you look at last year in most in most of the pre-rankings of other places and just you look at everything going on in, in the sense of catcher, William Contreras was being drafted around pick 200, a little after pick 200, and he finished as the number one catcher. So talk about, you know, best value humanly possible. So if you got him, you were happy. So 100%. Uh, you know, William Contreras was a massive value. Uh, on top of that, William Contreras just had a good season. He actually kind of violated the law of, you know, new year, new team type deal. So, you know, also did not see this coming. So William Contreras, you know, defies all odds, in my opinion, and finished it out. Uh, something to add, I will not be drafting a single catcher in the top 100, just like I recommended last year, just like Dom recommended. You could clearly see that you can get a top end catcher well into the picks of 200. Uh, there's no reason to spending up on this next guy. Like I would like, like since it's a nice little, you know, uh, segue, I guess you would say of JT Rilamuto, where you drafted him probably in your, you know, top 50, top 75 picks overall in the draft. And he was pretty much just a flat out bust for you based off of where you drafted him. With that draft cost, you would expect him to at least return that. JT Rilamuto should have been safe, but he wasn't. Instead, he absolutely flopped for you in terms of that, that aspect. Now, the season numbers aren't atrocious, and they're not too far off of last year's numbers. But, you know, being drafted at a top 50 really says something, speaks volumes of what you feel like his floor is and what his ceiling could be, especially at the catcher's uh, position. So you look at his season at 498 at bats, 70 runs, 28 doubles, five triples, 20 bombs, 63 ribs, 16 stolen bases, and a batting average of 252. You know, it's not far off, only two less home runs, you know, five less runs, five less stolen bases, but 20 less ribs. So, and the batting average was about 20 points down too. So you look at this as a whole and you're like, well, what happened to him? Well, he just didn't show up this year. You know, his first half and second half splits were, you know, he barely hit over. He didn't hit over 250 in the first half. In the second half, he only managed to get to 255. It's not like he even went on a tear. He just happened to have a really good April. He had a really good June. But even in that time, the only time he had a good batting average between uh, April to June was in April with a 281. The rest was a 228 and 217. And then his next best month would be in August at batting 288. Like the numbers just weren't below your, you know, knock your socks off kind of JT Rilamuto expectations. And 
with the team around him, you would have expected his runs and ribbies to be a much higher than what they were. And you figured the ceiling for, for JT Real Muto could have almost been like a top 40, top 35 player because of the team around him in such a stacked lineup. So with JT Real Muto, I'm just treating him like any old catcher at this point, and I will not spend up on him. I will maybe take the shot if he's going around pick 125 to 150. That'll be my first time I'll take a wince at him. And even then, I'm probably going to drop him down. He, I have him as catcher five, and the guys that I have ranked higher than him, I'll probably be able to get even cheaper. So JT Rilamuto is probably a no-go for me. Yeah, Matt, real quick before we, um, you know, move on to, you know, a couple other things here. JT Ramita is coming off the board so far. Early ADP. Once again, for this early ADP, we're using uh, NFBC, which um, is the National Fantasy Baseball Championship, which is one of the most, you know, um, pronounced uh, platforms to play uh, competitive fantasy baseball on. So far, they've had 24 drafts for 2024. JT Ramunto picked 68. But with that being said, we're going to talk more about, you know, things for next year with Catcher. We do have a quick ad for you guys. And, of course, we're talking about FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, guys, so we're hopping right back on in here. Uh, Matt, strong take on JT. I really don't have too much to add here. Uh, I did want to throw out there, as we were talking about William Contreras, also going inside the top 100, uh, pick 88 overall for William Contreras. But as we move on here, you know, we look at that, you know, top 10 again that we were talking about. There's one more name that kind of stands out. Uh, if you've been playing fantasy baseball for a few years, you kind of know most of these names. But there's one name, even you know, um, you know, guys that have played fantasy baseball before, why not realize? Uh, let's talk about Yainer Diaz of the Houston Astros. I actually had a very, very dominant year, and this is why we talk about weight on catcher, right? Uh, Yainer Diaz, 355 at bats this year, 51 runs, 23 homers, 60 RBIs, a 282 batting average. Uh, and he was fantastic. This is a guy I have ranked going into next year as my number seven catcher overall. Right now, uh, you know, the sharp fantasy baseball players are the guys that are doing NFBC right now because, you know, you got to put up money to do them. But Yainer uh, Diaz, uh, fifth catcher off the board. Here's the good side of that, though. Pick 131. At that time, I could definitely be looking to get into catcher. Yanir Diaz on a great team. I think he's going to, you know, rack up a lot of RBIs. The power upside is legitimate there with Yanir Diaz. Uh, once again, he had 23 home runs, right? Was it 23 or did I click the wrong guy? Uh, yeah, 23 home runs and 355 at-bats. If he gets 100 more at-bats on there uh, where, you know, catcher normally finish ups around, uh, closer to 30, the batting average is real. So he's going to be contributing in at least three of the major categories, in my opinion, there. No, I think that's a fair play. And I, I like the fact that, you know, he's on that team. All your points are solid. To be honest, I'm not mad at where he's going either. So it is what it is. But 
that being said, I'm going to just move on because I don't have much to say on uh, Diaz at all. Uh, I want to talk about my favorite catcher for next year, and that's going to be Jonah Heim. Uh, you know, I look at him and I go, well, this kid is on a great team that literally just won the World Series. They're moving and grooving. He has everyday play. There is no reason that he cannot be the catcher one next year, in my opinion. You know, all the upside is on his side. Now, granted, he hasn't done this before. He hasn't been the guy, but there's always an opportunity for it. I mean, you look at him and you go, how could he not? He's only 28 years old. He hasn't been, you know, incredible, but there's still that buildup. And yes, normally I would say I wouldn't buy the late age breakout, but you got to look at it. It's a different position. Catchers take longer to build. Also, too, they really don't produce you know, too much at a high level. Uh, unlike, you know, guys like we'll talk about Aldi Rutschman, it has more of an opportunity to be like a, a true ceiling play. Whereas like Haim could be like finish as the one and it wouldn't be too impressive of a season. He might just break the top 100 and that could be qualified as a really good pitcher. I love Haim. I don't know what his ADP is this year, but I will talk about my next year's uh, predictions from for, for him, for me at least. I predict at least 80 runs. I predict at least 24 home runs. I predict the ribbies to be about the same, if not more. And I predict I predict him to hit about 250 to 260. And I think that that isn't, you know, too far out of the realms of, of possibility that can make him break the top 100 and probably finish as the number one catcher. Did you say we do have him ranked as the number one catcher, Matt? No. No, okay, he's not. So. He's not. I have him ranked at number four. I said okay. he he is my favorite. Yeah, no, I, I was just, just a question. Just a question. Because yeah. yeah. this this is one guy where you know we we have a sort of little bit of disagreement on. Here's one thing I love. I'm going to start with the love. I love that Heim coming off the board so far. You know, once again, we're referring back to that ADP I was talking about earlier. Uh, pick thirteenth um, catcher off the board. Pick one seventy five. I love that. I will take him there. I think that's big, big value. I just don't know if I see the upside that you see with Han. Once again, as you mentioned, he's going to be 29 next year. Uh, I, I'm not predicting a career high for him in almost every category. I think he'll be, you know, as you said, maybe 250 batter, uh, 20 home run upside, good RBI upside. I think the runs, you know, you kind of have seen over the last two years with, you know, he played as about, you know, as many games as the catcher is going to play. I think he tops out around 50, 60. But you know, if we're getting him at pick 175, honestly, there's not much I could bet I could say about Heim. I have Heim as my number eight catcher going into next season, so I kind of do you know like the value of where we're getting him right now uh, in drafts. Honestly, Matt, I do think he's going to move up though. I think that that ADP from 13 moves somewhere into that top 10, especially you know coming off a World Series bid as you talked about, you know for um. Uh, Texas Rangers there but with I that do. being said oh yeah go ahead go no, hop on in come on hop on in sure. brother this is what we're doing this episode for yeah I mean I also feel that like you know people are gonna forget are gonna forget how good he was before he got injured mid-season yeah, his pace was 25 home runs so like you look at what his pace was before he got hurt and it was 25 runs home runs his runs were higher than what it should have been everything was much higher even his batting average which was the most unsustainable stat of 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 his complete stat line but Everything else was seemed to be projecting in the right direction. And with that team taking, you know, taking a step forward, I feel next year with Evan Carter and Young in his second year, I feel like, you know what, 
Heim is in a true position to be very successful. And I honestly, yeah, I, 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 I feel, I feel that there's a lot more there than possible. So I could see him probably going as where I have him ranked come draft season. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with you. He did finish the year as number four catcher. I don't know if we, if we did say that or if we didn't say that, but um, Heim definitely a lot of value with him. I, I can agree on that for certain. Uh, so once again, let's look forward to next year a little bit. Um, I'll just read off that ADP. I'll give you the top 10 so far um, heading into next year as far as NFB, NFBC ADP goes so far. That's 24 drafts on that platform. Adley Rutschman is first off the board, pick 56. Uh, if anyone's the next Buster Posey type of the you know this generation, it would be him, but I'm not taking him that high, way too high. J.C. Real Muto, as we mentioned, pick 68. Will Smith from the Dodgers, pick 82. Great catcher. I'm not touching him there. William Contreras, 88, as we mentioned. Yainer Diaz, catcher 5, pick 131. Sean Murphy, interesting character. Uh, up and down season. Finished the year really slow, but great team. Atlanta Braves, catcher 6 off the board, pick 144. Um, as we get into this area, this is where I'm starting to think about, guys. I like Yanner Diaz. Sean Murphy, a little bit iffy on, but I do like the upside there. Then, you know, finishing down to 10, you have Cal Raleigh, Salvador Perez, Gabriel Moreno, and Wilson Contreras. Um, if I had to pick any of these guys that I did want to have a conversation about, Matt, let's talk about Gabriel Moreno a little bit because I know it's a guy that you love too. Honestly, had his ups and his downs during the year, and in the playoffs, but just a guy that consistently hits the ball hard, good young catcher. I love that he's going to play every day in that Diamondbacks teams. That's only going to get better. They got that, you know, World Series experience now. And I think Moreno's going to be a guy that really, you know, sticks around on that team. So with Moreno, he played 111 games last year, 341 at-bats, 33 runs, 19 doubles, 7 homers, 50 RBIs, 6 steals, and a 284 batting average. And honestly, I have Moreno next year as my catcher 12. And I honestly think there's upside there. There's batting average upside. All this kid ever did in the minors was hit the ball uh, for average. Knows how to spray the ball where the batters aren't. I just want to see if he grows into that power. Because, you know, he's not short by any means, but he's not a giant. I love the 5'11", 195 frame for Moreno. Uh, if he ever gets that 15, 20 homer upside, uh, he can be very good. He could be a guy that hits you for close to a 300 batting average with 15 homers, a good RBI total, uh, can steal you a few bases here and there. The runs, i love to see where he hits in that lineup for the Diamondbacks next year. That's going to be one of the one category that's going to be iffy for him. But honestly, going to help you in batting average and you know contribute in a bunch of other categories as well. Yeah, I mean, I look at, I look at him and you go, okay, well – the one thing that you normally don't see kind of translate right away is batting average from a from a player that's you know really getting his first real shot at the bigs, and that pretty much did. So I feel like everything to fall fall in place with the dominoes would be the next thing would possibly about seventy five to eighty percent of what he did in the minors to translate next year. Moreno, I have pretty pretty high expectations for, but I'm not ranking him that high for two reasons: one, he actually needs to do it, and two just based off of the fact that I'm probably going to be able to get him at a discount. So there's no reason to rank him absolutely outrageous. I have him yeah. as my number eight catcher going in this year. Yeah, even higher than me. Yeah, which, I mean, yeah, which is still kind of bullish. But at the same time, I feel that, hey, if I'm walking out with him 
and I'm getting him as my number eight, I'm pretty happy walking out of that draft. And before we talk about my next guy, a guy we've probably mentioned about 65 times but haven't talked about during this podcast yet, we have one last head break for you. All right. So we're going to talk about Mr. Adley Rutschman. I mean, he is my number two catcher on the year. I'm just going to state that right off the bat. And reason being, he's not my one, is I actually just want to see him really take the step forward where, like, I think he goes full-blown Buster Posey, which I think this is the year. Do not get me wrong. And the stats on the year are absolutely incredible. It just took him a little bit to get going this year. And that was like my biggest gripe. And I don't know if he's a slow starter. And this is just kind of what we're going to essentially see is, well, I'm sorry. He really wasn't a slow starter. What am I talking about? Um, (laughs) But essentially, are we going to see a little bit of, you know, growth next year? This is pretty much who he is. You look at his stats on the year and he, he had about 588 bats, which I don't know too many catchers that, uh, that even got that many at-bats this season. You know what I'm saying? And then he had 84 runs, 20 bombs, 80 ribs, a stolen base, and batted 277. Adley 100% could prime and repeat this, and in my opinion, would be worth almost any pick. Uh, that would be after pick 50 for me. But at the same time, I also don't just, just don't spend high on, on catchers in general. So it just it is what it is. You know... I think the batting average is going to be more of a close to about like a 300, if not like a 280. This kid just has a whole nother level of, of everything that I think that he could be monstrous at the position. So honestly, I don't know his ADP. I'm hoping Dom knows, but let's just put it this way. If Adley Rutschman ends up as a top 50 player next year on the year finishing, I'm not going to be suppressed. Yeah, Matt, uh, you're, you're spot on pretty much everything there. I do have his ADP pulled up once again, uh, number one catcher off the board so far. Uh, as far as NFBC ADP goes, pick 56. I'm not pulling the trigger there, but here's the thing. I'm not mad at you if you do. I'm not scolding you if you do. Uh, Matt, I think you said it like three, four times. There is another level here for Adley. I, I can attest to it. I've seen him play before, and he's just – Every bit of the six foot two, you know, um, 230 that he's listed as, uh, you know, Matt and I both said it next Buster Posey type. I think there's 30 home run, a uh, hundred run, a hundred RBI. I think he could even steal a few bases. I think there's five, you know, to seven steal, you know, potential here. Uh, he's helping you in points leagues. You know, I know Matt and I don't always talk about those points leagues, but 92 walks to 101 strikeouts last year for Adley. That 277 batting average could be a lot, lot better. But, um, you know, Matt, you hit the nail on the head with him. I have Adley as my number one catcher in my rankings going into next season. Uh, just a kid that does everything well. I'm so excited to, you know, see him uh, play baseball in, um, you know, the, the NL East. I mean, the AL East with our, our Yankees for, you know, 10 to 15 years to come. But when we're talking about the catcher position and, you know, Matt and I are getting towards the end of this episode here. Uh, let's. I want to move into, like, the bargain barrel, right? You start looking at catchers like... You know, where can I really, you know, capitalize at the position for next year, right? And I don't know 
how this is possible. And I don't know if you watched, um, you know, the podcast at all last year or listened to the podcast at all last year. You know, this is one of my favorite guys. Uh, we, we can't be a catcher episode without Mitch Garver, right? So I'm going to start off, you know, um, just saying this. I don't know what's going on with this NFBC ADP so far for next year. But, you know, um, Mitch Garver is coming off the board as catcher number 16, pick 218. And if that is a real thing going into next season, I will have Mitch Garver on every single one of my teams uh, going into next season. But I will most likely be handcuffing him as well because the one thing with Mitch Garver, the one caveat before I go on, like, you know, um, a love tangent here with Mitch Garver is he's been quite injury prone over his career. So uh, Mitch Garver did play 87 games this season. 296 at-bats, 45 runs, uh, 11 doubles, 19 homers, 50 RBIs, 44 walks to 82 strikeouts, and he had a 270 batting average as well. Uh, That's kind of who Mitch Garver is. That's what he does. You know, um, when he's healthy, he can hit for batting average. He can hit for power. Um, You know, Mitch Garver is a free agent heading into next year. Uh, so we'll see where he lands, but I really do like the upside uh, as far as a catcher that's going after pick 200 so far uh, going into next year. And he was a monster in the playoffs as well. Could have hit a bunch of homers in the playoffs. I have Mitch Garver as my number six catcher going into next season. Probably going to come down a little bit, but that kind of just shows you how high I am on Mitch Garver going into next season. I absolutely love how things are looking as far as ADP goes where he's coming off the board after pick 200. Oh, man, that ranking just hurts me to hear. It, uh, it, it's high. It's high. It's definitely high. It's incredibly high. Uh, I just, I, even though he had a great season, like, in, and especially in the limited amount of at-bats he had this year with 19 home runs, like, you know, it's definitely enticing, but one, do we think he's going to play a full season? Do you think he's going to get the full at-bats? Obviously, the opportunity is going to be there. Depends where he lands. Yeah, it just right. depends where he lands. That's the thing. Right, he's a free agent, right? Yes, yes. So, I mean, landing spots could be interesting. I mean, if he ends up, it, I don't know. Let's say Boston. It's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, that, that that's one I could see him in there, and then you know, short porch over there. I I think he could take advantage of it. And they they really don't have like a DH reliant guy there, so I can uh, also... maybe even the, the Cubs is a good opportunity. Yeah. If I don't know if the Cubs are looking to improve that catcher. So like, there's there's options to be successful, but at the same time, it's just like Mitch Garver really hasn't hasn't been a picture of uh, at best. Yeah, that, that that was the caveat I threw out. Yeah, so like to be honest, if he was staying on the team, it would be more enticing, but. You know, because we kind of knew what his role is. If he re-signs, I'm willing to move him up. In the I like it, though. Yeah, that's the thing. If he if he goes back to Texas, we kind of yeah. know that um, Heim is catching 90% of the time. And then, you know, Garver DHing pretty much every day. You know, mm-hmm. World Series champion team. Yeah. Like, that would be that would be changing. He might break, like, my top 12 and be 12. But right now I have him at, like, 14 pending landing spot. And that could probably drop. Uh, or go up depending on where it is. He's just pretty much how I look at it is he's right on the the cusp of whether he's going to be relevant or not for me for next year. But let's I think as long as he's playing, he's relevant. That, I that, that's so. I think, so. maybe more relevancy coming off the waiver wire than he is being drafted. 
She's like, that's the thing. I'd rather walk away with more upside and ceiling play than a guy that I don't even know if he's even going to play or be productive based off of the team he lands on or if he's even going to stay healthy. Yeah, you if know? you're drafting today, yeah. If you're drafting today, yes. I mean, if you're when it comes down to seeing, you know, what team he's on and as I, long as he looks strong coming into the season, I think I think he's going to be a top 10. I think he's going to move up a little bit. I don't even know if I feel comfortable walking away with him as my pitcher one. It, pitcher two, two pitcher league, like, yo, he's fantastic. Like, I yo, pick him, pick two catcher league. Sorry. Two catcher league, like, yo, I feel great walking out with him as my two. But anywhere else, I'm just not going to be happy about it. And also, too, you know, for fantasy. Even if, even if he resigns. Even if he resigns. Even if he resigns. But that might be the where it's okay, maybe. It, it depends. And on top of that, too, we have to see if he's even going to retain his catching position because he played a lot of. Oh yeah, he does. I didn't, no, he, he played enough games. He played okay. enough games. Okay. So, is what it is. I don't even think we got. I maybe I could sneak this next guy, and we spent yeah, a lot of time. Sneak him in. Sneak him in. All right, let's talk about Tyler Stevenson. Okay. I love, I love and hate him. Let's put it this way. He did. He had a season that I did not expect, and it was not in a good way. It was ugly. Uh, 465 at bats, 59 runs, 13 bombs, 56 ribs, and batted a measly 243. Now, why am I talking about him? Well, it's simple. I think that he has a lot of upside for this year. I feel the Reds are taking a step forward as a whole. I feel that he is going to take the next step. And I feel he should he should benefit from the talents around him. On top of the fact that he has a little bit of enticing talent, being that he's only 26. And if you look at his past, he has shown potential to be successful. So I just kind of like like him as a whole. I'm not drafting him incredibly high. He's probably the last guy I feel comfortable leaving the draft with as my catcher in a one-catcher league. Let's put it that way. I'm not like drooling at the mouth and i'm not really happy if i left the draft but at the same time it's pretty much you know the floor of he's an average catcher that doesn't really produce all that much for you which it is what it is you waited and then you got him or the ceiling play where he could where the ceiling could be so much higher and because of the team around him and then he benefits from it yeah um as far as stevenson goes I, 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 there's upside, but I, I'm, I'm not comfortable with him in a 12 man league. I, I have him as my 16th overall catcher, not really loving him so much in uh, my, as my catcher number one, but Matt and I are going to agree to disagree on that one guys subscribe to us on subtext to get those early rankings, but that's all for us today. Please be sure to like subscribe, comment, rate and review, and make sure you're locked on for a new episode tomorrow. But until then, see you. Peace.